morning. How is everybody today? You guys making it? Those of you that are watching us online, we want to say hello. Thank you guys for carving out some time. Did your team win last last Sunday? You remember that there was... Hey, listen, there was a a Rihanna at halftime. We had Rihanna up here. Nikki leading worship today as well with the baby bump going on. Nikki, thank you so much, Nikki. Awesome, awesome. And our our show was a little bit cleaner and uh, more presentable. But we are glad you're here. Uh, I would love, can we get, just just get the house lights up today. I want to see who's asleep this morning if we can. Just leave the, but also Lisa, I want to ask you if you would stand up because some people lost a bet. You've already taken your hair thing out. She had to wear red and gold. She's wearing Chiefs. Now the Andersons are wearing Chiefs, but Lisa had to wear red this morning for purpose because she's an Eagles fan. She lost the bet. She had a red and gold pom-pom ahead. But it's off. Lisa, thank you for participating and playing. Hey, Pastor Lessig, I see you over there. Hey, come join me upstate on stage real quick because she's not in here a lot. And uh, she's back in our kids' area. This is our kids' pastor, Pastor Lessig Caraveo. And she, man, that's awesome. And the first service wasn't as boisterous. Well, were they? I mean, I, I paid the students. You to paid do the that. students. Up. I, I passed Pastor Lessig wasn't expecting this today, but uh, sometimes when I see people, I just have them come up and, and I ask her to sing the national anthem for us today, but she refused to do so. But, um, but that's okay. She does know the words and even in Spanish. And so, um, but, but I just wanted her to be up here today. First of all, kids ministry is a big deal to us at 1910. And how many of you parents have kids that have been in our kids programming at some point, right? How many of you parents are grateful and thankful that we have a kids program as well, right? And so uh, uh, they are making a difference in that next generation. And we are so thankful for you. But I saw you today and and I'm just going to use you while I have you in the big room. I know she's got her radio on and going to be bouncing out. But hey, real quick, can I just ask you to do something for us? Would you um, finish this statement? Kids ministry is important because... Can you do that for me? Yes, sir. All right, what would you say? Uh, because we get to partner alongside you to disciple your kids. We're not doing child care back there. We uh, believe very strongly that we get to come alongside you, right? God didn't call us to be the spiritual leaders of your household. He called you to do that. But we get to partner with you on right. Sundays to right. do that. Love that. I love that. Pastor Lessig and her husband, Matthew, joined our team uh, around the end of November this last year, and, and they're doing an, an incredible job back in our kids' areas. And, and, uh, and by the way, if you, if you have a kid in this room today, it will not bother me, okay? Uh, and so we love to hear voices. I wish adults would talk back and make some noise like kids do sometimes. But, but actually, hey, I met some first-time guests after the first worship experience today, and just so thankful for you and what you do in our preschool area and elementary wing. And uh, we are blessed to have you here. And and I want to encourage all of us. There's a contribution. You know, I came to know Jesus when I was in the third grade. Now, Pastor Leslie, I had a mom and dad that modeled for me. They talked about Jesus at home and we were always at church, but I'm so thankful for, for adults. And man, they were old. I thought back in the day, but it's interesting. I was with my mom this week and I said, hey mom, tell me about so-and-so. And they were kids workers that I remember as a kid growing up. But God used them to reinforce 
what my parents were teaching me and introduced me to Jesus. And that's why I think I'm here today because of that. So I want to say in front of this cloud of witnesses, thank you for what you do. And, and we are praying for some other people to join the team, right? Yes, sir. And to have fun. Look at that. Amen. Right here. Big difference. Hey, everybody just go ahead and stand up real quick because I'm going to ask Pastor Lessig to pray over us today. If you feel comfortable and, and like the person you're next to, grab their hand today as we pray, just as a sign of unity. Can I grab your hand? Awesome. Let's just pray together. Pastor Lessig is going to lead us. Father God, we thank you for the honor that it is to get to be here this morning. Thank God. you, God. Um, Holy Spirit, we know you're already here. You know that you are welcome in this place. We come with expectant hearts and minds ready to receive the word that you have for us today. We would ask that you would speak through Pastor Jason, that it be your words to teach us today Amen. to be more like you. God, we thank you for uh, the word revival that you gave our pastors. God, we know that that starts with us and in our hearts. And so we just um, invite you to have your way today um, to light a fire inside of us, that it would burn fresh and new, and that our passion for you would explode, that our worship wouldn't just... Um, be here in this house, God, but that we would continue to worship as we go out, as we are going, as we're going about our day, we ask you to um, interrupt us, give us your divine appointments, Lord, and remind us this week that it's not about um, gathering together for an hour, but it's our lives are an act of worship to you, God. Yes. And so we thank you. We thank you for that. We thank you that you're alive. We thank you that you're moving and we just jump on board. We mm -hmm. get on board with what you're already doing. We know that you don't need us, but we are honored and humbled that you would choose to use us. That's right. And we don't want to miss it. We love you, Lord. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Aren't you glad that she prayed for us this morning? Hallelujah. You guys can have a seat. Hey, before I forget this, I really want to leave those lights up today. Seriously, that's okay? Yeah. We're going to watch today. Amen. <clears throat> hey, just a couple of programming notes uh, real quick. I, I want to let you guys know we have discipleship studies that are taking place on Sunday nights. Most of those are are closed now, but there is one that is an ongoing and open. And um, it's, it's, it's a study that we're doing dealing with mental health issues in our culture today. And tonight's topic is suicide prevention. Okay. Now I know that we don't like to talk about that, but let's just be real. It's real. It's real. And so tonight is for anyone that if you're just interested in it for whatever reason, we want to invite you to come. It's not going to cost you anything, but come and be a part of that. It starts at five o'clock tonight. Um, uh, the North American Mental Illness Association is doing that for us, NAMI. And so uh, we'd love for you to come and be a part of that tonight if, if that's something that, that means. So, and also want to let you know that next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating baptisms here at 1910. And, and uh, if you're going to be 
a part of that with us next Sunday as far as a, a baptismal uh, candidate. We, we would love to meet with you right after this service today and uh, just walk you through what you can expect and, and get ready for an incredible celebration. Now, I want to let you know something today. I, I declared it in the first hour, and I want to just share with you today as well. I, I don't know exactly what's going to come out of my mouth over the next 30 minutes. Some of you say, well, tell us something that's not new. You know, I mean, we, we have come to understand that about you, but the reality is I have prepared and, and, and a, a, a sermon in relation to our series, uh, what is love throughout this month of February, we're dealing with what biblical love is all about. We started with agape. We looked at Eros last week and, and we want to talk about another type of love today, but, but I just have been, um, um, in environments this week and have watched many of the things that you've been watching, whether that be on, on TV or through social media feeds. And, and I just, I, I think that God wants to speak through some things today. And I, I think it will still tie in with what I believe God wants us to understand when it comes to this thing called love. Uh, there, there, there's, there's, li listen, l love is, has got to be the center of everything we do as Christians. It, it, it's, it's our motive. It's the guts behind everything that we represent and stand for. And that's why we've carved out time and spending some time dealing with this topic of love. Um, on February the 6th, many of you know that there was actually two major earthquakes that hit Turkey and Syria. If you've been watching any news outlets over the last 13 days, you've seen story after story uh, of the destruction that, that the first earthquake, I think was about a 7.8 on the Richter scale and stretched across 190 miles through that region of the world. A second one happened a few, several hours later. That was about a seven, five, seven, six, affecting, I think, another 80 miles of, of earth there. Uh, just awful. Uh, I was up late last night just seeking God and asking him, how do you want us to handle some of these things that are taking place? And God, what do you want us to Here's what I know. God does not orchestrate bad things, but God works through bad things. Okay. We, one of the things that I grew up learning as a child is that God is good, right? God is good. God is love. And if God is good and if God is love, then, then he cannot be capable of anything bad. Bad things come from the devil. Good things come from God. Let's just, that's kind of a kid's sermon. I guess Migs, that'd be good. Wouldn't it? Right? Yeah. God is good. Are we good? But here's the deal. God's plan has never been for bad things, for earthquakes and for destruction, for loss of life and, and all the, the craziness that we see happening in our world today. God's plan from the beginning was relationship and things that were beautiful and perfect and right and uh, in harmony with each other. Does that make sense to you? But we know that man shows up on the scene and quickly, as we still do, can screw things up, right? Come on, how many of you know that we can kind of jack up beautiful things, right? We can, we can. But in the midst of all of that, God is able to work. 
I was up last night just looking and reading and I sent out a note. I've got a group of people that I call wise counsel that I bounce things off of from time to time and they pray with me. And a lot of times they're talking me off the ledge because I'm about to jump into some stuff. Like, oh, I don't know if I do that, but, uh, but it's just good. It's good to surround yourself with wise counsel. More about that in a few minutes, maybe if we get there, if God wants to do that. But, um, uh, but I just shared, yeah, I read last night over 46,000 people have lost their lives. The earth literally opened up and swallowed buildings and people and things of that such. They will never find some of them, but we know that, 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 that there are so many, as we've seen on the news outlets, rescue operations underway, right? They're, they're dropping things down. They're crawling in the gaps. They're looking through these buildings and they're just listing for anything. A tapping on a piece of concrete or scratching or faint murmurs, anything that might indicate that there's still someone in this rubble alive. Are you with me so far? Are we okay? And so they're trying to rescue and they're, they're reaching. I, I, I heard something th- this week. Of course, you're not going to see this on news outlets. Sometimes you guys know the news doesn't report the real news, right? And so, um, but, but, but Israel literally reached out to Syria to send rescuers into the destruction only to have their request rejected. And I'm sitting there going, what type of hatred exists between people to where you would not welcome somebody to come in and receive assistance and help in a time of need? I don't get that. In the midst of all the loss of life and destruction, I've also been hearing stories, and you've seen some stories of incredible rescue. Listen, it's 13 days. I can't go 13 minutes without food or water. You know what I'm saying? But yet these people, we're seeing all these stories of people being rescued. I saw it this morning before I came to, to, to church of, of, of a man and his wife rescued the three children, not, but the man and his wife rescued amidst the rubble, right? Um, I'm going to, I want to, can I read something to you off of my phone? Because it's a, it's a text message that, that we received through some friends who have received it from a reliable source, someone that's in TKY. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Someone that's there. You'll never hear these stories of rescue and deliverance and things that are happening. But th- th- this is from uh, uh, someone in the region. Makes sense to you? That's there and, and, and says, I received this message from a trusted source. And they've given me permission to share this with you. Jesus, it's just like you to care for people and to care for little ones. Just thought I'd give you a little interesting story. Many of the kids that have been pulled out of the rubble in the last few days have reported that they survived. Because there was a man in white who fed them, played with them, and lifted the house upon his back so they wouldn't be crushed. This has been reported by multiple children in multiple cities. Very interesting. 
I cannot confirm this or find articles to confirm it on social media, but I've heard this from several completely different sources that this is what the kids who were trapped are saying. We pray that they will meet and have a deep relationship with this man in white. One story, one story was about a six-year-old girl. Rescuers asked if she was hungry and she said that she'd been fed by this white man. They took her to the hospital and she was not dehydrated or showing any signs of having malnourished hunger in her blood work or her physical body. This is amazing. Come on, how many of you know that God is able to take something so negative, bad and hurtful and bring something good from it? Amen. I've heard for years now how, how Muslims are having dreams at night of a man in white that meets them in their dreams. We know who that is. <laughs> we know who's sustaining. We know who's holding the buildings on his back for those who need rescuing. Here's why this hits me. In this love series, our country lies in demise and rubble. And there are people around us that are knocking and they're scratching and they're trying to call out to us church saying we need you we need rescuing where are we we're a wall we're not doing what we're called to do and let me just remind you we have been given an assignment and our assignment, as much as every person on a platform or stage or leading today loves this, this is not our assignment. This is a time for us to rally and encourage one another and maybe put some more ammunition or tools in our past. But we are called to go out and rescue, rescue, rescue. Where are we? Where are we? We don't have to go to earthquake zones in order to be rescuers. Tying this all back in, I guess, to our series. We started with that agape love. God just loves us regardless of what we ever give back to him. He loves these men and women and these little kids that lie under the rubble. He loves them. His desire has never been for anyone to perish. He came to give us life. And so he's there with them, a man in white. Whew. Oh man, I'm, I'm going to Revelation right now. You, 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 know, you know that Jesus will come back dressed in white one day. And, and he's going to come back. And I'm just telling you, when somebody shows up dressed in white, they're not planning on getting dirty or losing the battle. When, 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 when I wear my new white kicks, come on, they ain't getting dirty. 
I'm protected. And he knows, he knows that the battle's already been won. It's his. Hallelujah. You better shout me out. Mm. People are calling out to us, church. Where's the love? Who will come and rescue us? Wow. I, uh, you're not going to see this on the news, but you've seen on social media about what's happening at Asbury University in Kentucky. Revival that's breaking out. I I, uh, have my bracelet on just a reminder. That's what we're praying for, a move of God, a revival to break out and and, and, and what have you, but, but, but I, I, so I, I was thinking about that and, and, and I found a, an, an article and I sent this to that team last night and just some reading about what's happening there. So many people are driving up to Kentucky right now because they want to be a part of, of what's happened through a normal chapel service at Asbury University. What was a normal everyday chapel last Wednesday. And, and I went to a school where you had to attend chapel. And I'm going to tell you, I did it just because I wanted to graduate, right? And no doubt there were probably students at Asbury that showed up last Wednesday thinking I'm going to go just fulfill my duty, right? I got to check it off that I attended. Um, The university chorale probably sang a couple of songs to God be the glory, whatever they sang, you know, and and there was a message that was delivered that day. And I found something that describes what took place that Wednesday and subsequently what's been happening ever since. February the 8th, a pastor by the name of Zach Meerkrebs preached in the auditorium there. Students were encouraged to stay after chapel if, if they wanted to continue to worship God. That was more than a week ago, and the worship service hasn't stopped. News has spread, and people are driving from all over the country. I've seen Christian recording artists, and we know of of people that have names and platforms in our nation. They're all longing, wanting to go. They're not given the platform or the stage because what's happening is just pure and raw and organic, and and it's God. And when God's doing it, you don't need a name to do it. You know what I'm saying? You have the name above every other name, the name of Jesus that is in charge and taking over. Amen. And, and I love what Sarah, Sarah was one of these students there that day. And she described the sermon as this quote, it was really encouraging and a challenging message about love from the book of Romans, a message on love. Reverend Zach encouraged students to sit in the love of God to taste and see and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said, quote, if you want to become love in action, you start by prostrating yourself before the love of God. If you want to become love in action, you have to experience the love of God. He was addressing students that were probably preparing for their graduation. Now, 
What you may not know is that there was a revival like this that broke out at Asbury several years ago in which they sent out, back in 1970, they sent out 200 teams from that revival that went around the world and began to evangelize. The Jesus Revolution, by the way, there's a movie coming out in March called That Very Thing. Every one of us ought to go and watch it. Uh, Pastor Greg Laurie was saved as a result of that in California. But this Jesus Revolution started when Asbury students, 200 teams of them went out and began to do something. Check this out. Every major revival in history, the spillover effect of it is evangelism. Rewind the tape. Every major revival in history, the spillover effect of it is evangelism. Asbury University gets that. And when they sent out those 200 teams back in 1970 and lives were changed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, if we're not careful, check, oh man, preacher, preach now. If we're not careful, we can think that this is all that God has in mind for us. Make no mistake about it. No, no. The true test of what happens here today will be how you live your life Monday to next Saturday. And what you do as a result of what you, how you meet God in this moment. Are you with me there? Okay. Let me get back to the story. I'm because this is good. Um, the pastor, pastors, reverend, 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 <laughs> reverend Zach said this, the world needs this kind of love. Syria and Turkey need this love. Your mom and dad need this kind of love. The teammates on your team, the people on your floor, Wilmore, Kentucky, and Lexington, the United States needs this kind of love. They need a bunch of Christians to experience the love of God so they can pour out the love of God. Whoa. Back up the bus. They need a bunch of Christians to experience the love of God so they can pour out the love of God. Not through their own efforts and not through their own knowledge, but because they are filled with his love. Guys, listen, we are podcast heavy in our culture today. We are conference and seminar heavy. There are great preachers and teachers all over. You can read books. I mean, you, you, listen, we've got enough stuff. The question is, hey, church, when will we begin to not just read about it or hear about it or, or think about it, but when we will begin to live it out? That's what our world needs. It's a man in white showing up in Turkey. It's World Vision and other missions organizations responding with the love of God. They don't even believe in our God. Agape says, I love you, expecting nothing in return. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? That's what we're called to do. Here's how Reverend Zach wrapped it up. I pray that this sits on you guys like an itchy sweater. And when you got an itch, you got to take care of it. If I could write a sermon title in this moment, I would probably, I'd probably call it itchy sweater. Are we itchy? Guys, do we care enough about a lost 
and fallen and broken world that we will do whatever it takes to present the gospel of Jesus to them. And listen, you don't have to preach. It's just about showing up. It's just about being present. Have I lost you yet? Is this making sense to anybody? I hope so, because I just told the Lord, I'm just going to open my mouth and let you do what you want to do. <sighs> mm. What would happen if we responded with the love of Jesus to a world that lies in ruin? That's our calling. We have an assignment. It's called the Great Commission. And the Great Commission says, go and tell. I love what St. Francis of Assisi said. Use the words if necessary. (laughs) Preach the gospel often, he said. Use words when necessary. Our lives preach. So what are you preaching? What are you showing? Oh, that's a great segue into a key verse today. We were going to look at this love that we find in scripture. Can we just go there real quick? I got about four minutes. Pastor Allen and worship team, I want us to sing that song because the glory is going to fall. This is the Greek word we were going to look at today. Philia. Philia. I hurt some of you this morning because you're... Philadelphia Eagles didn't win last week. I, I'm just, bro, I'm just telling, this is what the Greek means. At least, just kidding. I'm just kidding. We, that's right. We talking about love. That's right. This word in the Greek is the type of love, brotherly love, right? We get the name, the city, Philadelphia, right? Philadelphia. This is the type of emotional. And it's in scripture, it's written for the love that we are supposed to share one with another in the body of Christ. Why is this such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because in John chapter 13, Jesus uses some words. You don't have this in verse 34. Let me set it up for you. In John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says this, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Hey, listen right there. If you would just love people in the same measure, in the same ways that Jesus has loved you, I'm telling you, this world would be a better place, right? I want you to think about it right now. How has Jesus loved me? Well, let me remind you, first of all, he died for you. Scripture says, no greater love hath any man than this, than he laid down his life for his friend. Check this out. When Jesus died for you, you weren't his friend. You were his enemy. But yet he died anyway. Now, I'm just going to love people. I just tend to love people that love me back. Am I talking to anybody else or is it just my problem? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's not just me. It's easy to love people that love you back. But what about people that don't love you? Well, people that, that post stuff about you, people that say ugly things, people that treat your kids wrong, people that, that, that cut you off in traffic. Oh, come on, Jesus. You know, that's why I have the NTC sticker on my car, because it is a Holy Spirit moment reminding me, don't you say what you want to. 
The spirit is willing. My flesh is weak sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. What would happen if we just love people the way Jesus loves us? Anybody ever receive the forgiveness when you still screw up and make mistakes? Anybody still make mistakes? But yet you still know that Jesus is there when I repent. By the way, that word repent means you leave it. You stop it. Hey, some of y'all need to repent of your sin. Quit just asking for forgiveness all the time. Why don't you just stop it once and for all? Just stop it. Stop it. Cut it off. Nip it in the bud. That's what Barney Fife would say from Gomer, you know. It goes on to say, here's the verse that I wanted you to see, though. Why filet is such a big deal and why our country and our world needs to see philia. It says this, Jesus says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So I'm just asking the question. When, 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 when the world sees a body of believers, a church family, that's not at love, loving one another, what's that say about Jesus? Now, now, listen, I, I, I want to love people because first of all, I want, I, want, I want Jesus to be pleased with me and I want to be obedient to do the things that he's called me to do. But I'm just telling you, he says here, listen, guys, I want you to know, your philia for one another will prove to people who you belong to. You won't have to put a church sticker or a fish symbol on your car. You won't have to wear a t-shirt that says Jesus believer. If you will just love one another the way that I've taught you to, that will bear witness as to who I am. The problem is we're not. We don't love one another. We get all frustrated and jacked up because a preacher went overtime. Or they didn't sing the songs that I liked. They sang a new song today. Ugh. Okay, we won't teach you anything. We'll all just remain at a certain level. No, we want to grow you to another level. Amen? Or somebody sat where I sat, or my parking spot. The guy in the parking lot could have used a little bit more joy of Jesus in his life today. We get all bent out of shape about stuff, don't we? And the enemy's just going, yeah. Listen, I want to say things sometimes that you might not like. It's not my heart. I'm not purposely trying to be a jerk, but my family would tell you sometimes I, I am, right? I feel like I'm validated. I'm an eight, and so they just ought to get on board with me, right? So I'm just kidding. That's an Enneagram joke. But anyway, um, um, we ought to love one another. Jesus says your love for one another will prove to the world who you belong to. So I got to start thinking real quick, real quick, because the band, hey, y'all go ahead and come on up. I want to hit through some scripture real quick, because some people will say it's not a real church service unless you look at scripture. Okay, uh, here we go. Um, um, who do you surround yourself with? Do you have philia in your life? Do you have brothers and sisters? Listen, there's a room full of people, and we thought about throwing name tags, making everybody wear a name tag today. Some of y'all really thinking about going to the Catholic church next Sunday now, aren't you, right? You're not going to show back up here. I ain't putting a name tag on. No, you're going to do it and you're going to like it. No, just kidding. Here's the deal. No, but we sit together in this room every week. You've sang with people. You've lifted hands. You held somebody's hand today. Hey, do you really know that person? What would happen if we really developed this brotherly love for one another? Do you have people like that in your life? They're for you. Listen. 
Friendship is a big deal in scripture. The Bible is littered with examples of great stories of friendship. King, King Solomon writes a lot about friendship in the, in the book of Proverbs. If you're looking for something to read, take a proverb a day and read it. But in Proverbs 17, 17, he says this, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in a time of need. Throw that up on the screen for me. Proverbs 17, 17. Y'all back there? Media team, we back there? Throw that up. It's frozen. That's okay. Just trust me. I want you to know it's in the Bible. There's other verses in the Bible like, there it is. There's other verses in the Bible like Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Do we have that one? Proverbs 27, 17. Couple of screens ahead. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than kisses from the enemy. Do you have people like that that love you enough that will not just say the things you want to hear, but that will challenge you and push you to the next level? I like to say this. Hey, who are the they's in your life? Who are they? Who are they in your life? These people that will do this. Who are they? Do you have people that love you enough that are, are going to push you forward and challenge you and, and, and not let you just settle for less than God's best? If they see you making poor decisions, they're going to, out of love, come and encourage you. We know what it says in 27, 17 of Proverbs, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens another friend, right? Do you have people like that, that are sharpening you? Who are they in your life? Who are the they's? that are going to keep you from swaying? Who are the they's that will help you rise above the fray? Who are they? I love this verse that says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Hey, show me, someone said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Do you have people that love you that way? And oh, by the way, your they's need to have this as the center of the relationship. We need he, we need him to be in the center of Thalia relationships. Who do you have like that? So here's a challenge. The band is here and they're ready to go. And somebody come and get this billboard off the screen for me today. I have a challenge for you today because it's all about love. Jesus says it starts here, but just like the revival at Asbury, it's no good except for those that are there, unless we share it with the world out there, right? Our love for one another must be rock solid here, but it launches us to love a world that is hurting and in need of rescuing. You with me? They will know that you belong to me by your love one to another. Here's a challenge for you today. I want you to assess your current friendships. Are they for better or for worse? Do you have people that are pushing you forward, helping you grow and become stronger and all you can be in, in Christ? People that are, people that are not going to, hey, people that are going to run into a situation when others are running out. Do you have people like that? Listen, I, all of us probably have a story or two that, 
that when things were, were starting to swirl about us, you really saw who your true friends were, right? And by the way, can I just tell you guys something? Thank you for being real friends. Doug, thank you for staying. Randy, thank you for staying. Luther, I see you right there. And Luther, I know that there have been a time or two in which, bro, you were ready to sock it to me, but you've loved me through it all. My family. I could, Joan, I see you over there, Joan. Joan's been here from almost the very beginning. Joan, you've been here 17 dadgum long, arduous years with us. You know Max Lucado preaches right down the highway. He's good. I'll give you a book. It's awesome. But you've been here. You're faithful. Story after story. I see the Millers. The Millers came in a, in a season that was rough and difficult, but they still stayed. Thank you for being a friend. See, that's what real friends do. Real family does. They say, see you, Bryce. They say, I see you back there, Bryce Webb. See you, bro. You stayed. Stay. Wow. Do you have people like that in your life? And what type of friend are you being as well? I want you to stand with me today. The world is reaching out. They're asking for help. 1910. Will we do that? Will we rescue the hurting and the broken? Can we partner with the man in white? who's rescuing and doing what he can to make a difference? Do we believe that all things are possible with our God, that he turns all things to good? He'll make a way. Let's sing this song.